Thank you, and again, welcome. Uh, thank you for being here. We're going to, this morning, we're going to continue on our book of Joshua. And this morning, we're going to be in chapters 18 and 19. We're going to be covering those two chapters, Joshua 18 and 19. And I titled today's message, Seven, Land, seven Lands for Seven Tribes. Seven, land, seven Tribes. Seven Lands for Seven Tribes. Now, up to this point, five of the 12 tribes of Israel had received their territorial inheritance. Uh, Last week, we read how Joshua, Eleazar, and the 12 tribal leaders cast lots at Camp Gilgal to determine the territorial plots for Ephraim and western Manasseh. In the two chapters we're going to be covering today, the Israelites, the entire Israelite assembly, will once again meet together to hear about the distribution of the remainder of the land to the seven remaining tribes. Now, this is all going to be done at a new location. Again, previously it was at Camp Gilgal. So now they're going to be moving to a new location, and we'll be reading about that in a bit. But at this new location, these seven tribes will finally learn where they'll be, which relatives they'll have as their neighbors, and whether they'll have to fight to possess the land. So it was... An exciting time for them. A time of just a lot of unknowns, a lot of excitement. Who's going to get what? Who's going to be next to who? And yeah, it was just a really exciting time. But as we go through these chapters, as I share with you what we can learn, the overall, I think, lesson that I hope that you will learn as by the time we finish here, is this. Since God Almighty, God the Father, has sent His Son into the world to save sinners, we mustn't delay in taking possession of the salvation that He offers. And that will make more sense. If that doesn't make sense again, it will by the time we, we're done here. So before we begin reading, Joshua chapter 18, let's pray once more to ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. Heavenly Father, uh, dedicate this service completely to you. Lord, aside from all the technical issues, difficulties, we trust you. We know that it's not about that, it's just all about you and hearing what you want to say to us as a church and individually. So I pray that your word will go out powerfully to those that are here, that it will be implanted in the hearts of every single man and woman sitting here and that it will grow to be, grow into beautiful fruit 
yes, Lord, we now come to you expecting, knowing that you will speak to us. Keep us safe, Lord, here this morning. Watch over us. Remove distractions. Love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Joshua chapter 18. Joshua chapter 18, verse 1. And the word of God says, The entire Israelite community assembled at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The land had been subdued before them, but seven tribes among the Israelites were left who had not divided up their inheritance. So Joshua asked the Israelites, How long will you delay going out to take possessions of the land that the Lord God, that the Lord, the God of your fathers, gave you. Appoint for yourselves three men from each tribe, and I will send them out. They are to go and survey the land. Write descriptions of it for the purpose of their inheritance and return to me. Then they are to divide in seven portions. Judah is to remain in its territory in the south, and Joseph's family in their, tor their territory in the north. When you have written a description of the seven portions of land and brought it to me, I will cast lots for you here in the presence of the Lord our God. But the Levites among you do not get a portion because their inheritance is the priesthood of the Lord. Gad, Reuben, half the tribe of Manasseh have taken their inheritance beyond the Jordan to the east, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave them. As the men prepared to go, Joshua commanded them to write down a description of the land, saying, Go and survey the land, write a description of it, and return it to me. I will then cast lots for you here in Shiloh in the presence of the Lord. So the men left, went through the land, and described, and described it by towns in a document of seven sections. They returned to Joshua the camp, at the camp in Shiloh. Joshua cast lots for them at Shiloh in the presence of the Lord, where he distributed the land to the Israelites according to their divisions. The lot came up for the tribe of Benjamin's descendants by their clans, and their allotted territory lay between Judah's descendants and Joseph's descendants. Their border on the north side began at the Jordan, ascended to the slope of Jericho to the north, through the hill country westward, and ended in the wilderness around Beth. Bethaven. From there, the border went toward Luz, to the southern slope of Luz, that is, Bethel. It then went down by Erath Adar to the hill south, to the hill south of lower Beth Haran. On the west side, from the hill facing Beth Haran on the south, the border curved, turning southward and ended at Kiriath Baal, that is Kiriath Jerim, a city of descendants of Judah a city of the descendants of Judah. This was the west side of their border. The south side began at the edge of Kiriath-Jerim, and the border extended westward. It went to the spring at the waters of Nephotah, 
the border descended to the foot of the hill and faces Ben Hinnom, the ben, faces Ben Hinnom Valley and the northern end of Rephium, Rephium Valley. It ran down Hinnom Valley towards the south, south Jebusite slope and downward toward downward to En Rogel. It curved northward and went to En Shemesh and on to Jililoth, which is opposite of which is opposite the ascent of Adumim, Adumim, and continued down towards the stone of Bohan, son of Reuben. Then it went north to the slope opposite of Arabah and proceeded into the plains. The border continued to the north slope of Beth Hogla and ended in the northern bay of the Dead Sea at the southern end of the Jordan. This was the southern border. Jordan formed the border on the east side. This was the inheritance of the, Benj of the Benjamin's clans, by their clans according to its surrounding borders. These were the cities of the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin descendants by their clans. Jericho, Beth, Hogla, Amek, Gaziz, Beth, Arabah, Zemarim, Bethel, Avim, Parah, Ophrah, Sephar, Ammoni, Aphoni, and Geba. Twelve cities with their, with their settlements. Gibeon, Ramah, Biroth, Mizpah, Shephira, Moza, Rakem, Irpil, Tarala, Zela, Aleph, Jebus, that is Jerusalem, Gibeah, and Kiriath. Fourteen cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance for Benjamin's descendants by their clans. Before the final divisions of the land were made, Verse 1 tells us that the entire Israelite community moved from Gilgal to Shiloh, about 20 miles northwest. Now, why is that? Why did they have to move camp? Probably because Shiloh, located in the center of the land, was a convenient location with a tabernacle, that is, the tent of the meeting, could remind the people, all the people, that a key to, the, to prosperity and blessing in the land was worshiping and serving Yahweh. And then there it would remain. It would remain there in Shiloh until David moved the ark to Jerusalem 300 years later. Now in previous chapters, we learned that the tribes of Judah, Ephraim, and half the tribe of western Manasseh had already received their tribal land allotments. And so probably aware of this, probably because he's he is a very keen leader. Joshua may have been concerned that the other seven tribes were becoming apathetic, indifferent, or lethargic. 
So he asked this important question in verse 3. He spoke this to the seven, those seven tribes. How long will you de- delay going out to take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, gave you? Now, if you really think about it, it was a very, very bold statement. It was a very bold of him to ask this question. So as believers, as Christian, as a Christian, I want to ask you, are you just as bold? Are you that bold as well? What I mean is, are you willing to admonish your brothers and sisters in Christ even though it can be uncomfortable. Admonishing is just telling them, hey, you're probably going in the wrong direction or stop being just a bystander. Do something. Are you also willing to take an honest assessment of yourself And face maybe your own spiritual apathy. And you should. All of us, every single one of you should regularly examine yourselves and see where you're at. Are you just going through the motions? Or are you just still on fire for the Lord? Are you still in love with him same way you were when you first came to him or even stronger even that love has gotten deeper because you've seen what he's done in your life and in the life of others you've seen him work you've seen healing you've seen restoration you've seen so many great things and it just makes you want to just jump up and Praise the Lord. That's what it ought to do. But if you're starting to feel lazy, apathetic, indifferent, there's something going on there. Something is happening. You need to get back to that place, to that heart of worship. And the Lord will do that. The Lord will rekindle that fire that you once had. You probably have to remove things in your life. I've spoken about this before. Probably things that are keeping you from growing closer to God. It could be anything. But in all reality, those things are idols. Anything that is getting in the way, anything that is more important to you than God. So what I'm saying is just remove those things. He wants to draw near to you. He wants to show you so many great things. He wants to blow your mind away. Because that's how great of a God we have. And that's how much he loves you. But it's us. It's usually us that are stubborn. They're like, "Uh, no, Lord, let me take care of this first. Let me do that first. Let me, you know, I've got this going on in my life and I got my friends. I've got my, you know, 
you know, I've got this money coming in first and uh, let me get my, you know, let me get my self-situated financially first. No, Lord just wants you just to forget all that. Not, not, I'm not saying to be irresponsible, but just he wants to be number one in your life. So again, make an honest, make an honest assessment of yourself. I'll go back to what I said towards the beginning or in the beginning. God the Father has sent his son into the world to save sinners. Therefore, you must not delay in taking possession of the salvation that he offers. Why? For a couple of reasons. Why not delay in taking possession of the salvation he offers? Yeah, let me give you a couple of reasons. And what, that's what we see here in our passage. Because delaying impacts others. It affects others. See, the two and a half tribes had, two and a half tribes had received their inheritance east of the Jordan. And they were just waiting to go back home. How long? The tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of eastern Manasseh needed an answer to that burning question. How long? Returning home to be reunited with their families, with their families depended on that issue. See, they made a vow before God to assist their brothers of the nine and a half tribes in fighting to conquer the land of Canaan. And they couldn't return to their families on the east side until there was rest from war. That is, after the nine and a half tribes had taken possession of the land. And then the two and a half tribes would be able to cross the Jordan again eastward and go back home. The fighting soldiers of the two and a half tribes had missed seven years worth of family births, deaths, anniversaries, special days of celebration. They missed all that. And furthermore, there was an ever there was an ever present need for them to be family again, to be a family, to be a close-knit family with their loved ones. It must have been saying to those who hadn't received their land, come on, let's do this. Let's get this show on the road. Ready. Ready to go home Not only do delays impact others, but delays also slows down the promises of God. See, the tribes needed 
to conquer territory so the nation could realize its promise. The promise was given, but the possession hadn't taken place in relation to the seven tribes who had not received their land inheritance. The seven tribes couldn't sit and wait for the lands to fall into their hands. They had to actively participate in receiving God's promises. Joshua told each tribe to select three men who would survey the land, divide it into seven parts, and then give that report back to Joshua. Now, why did he do this? We see there that so you could last, uh, cast lots for the seven remaining tribes who hadn't received their territory. Casting lots was a type of searching and seeking for the direction of the will of God. This is what the apostles did in Acts chapter 1 in, Acts chapter one in an effort to replace Judas, the disciple who had hung himself after betraying Jesus. And so it was a kind of holy dice rolling that would determine the boundaries and the size of the land for those remaining seven tribes. This, again, let me make sure I'm clear, this would not be a selection of luck. This wasn't a a lucky drawing. No, it wasn't that at all. It wasn't luck, chance, or fate. It would be conducted by the guidance of the Lord himself who knew way in advance how the dice would fall. Joshua likely recalled the failure of the Gibeonite deception when he and the leaders didn't consult the Lord in Joshua chapter 9. He asks for guidance now. So if you're a believer here this morning, let me say this in relation, in, in relation to that. You mustn't presume, you mustn't presume on God as it relates to God's will. Say once again, the Father has sent his Son into the world to save sinners. Therefore, you must not delay in taking possession of the salvation he offers in the gift of the Holy Spirit. You, as a believer, as a Christian, you must seek his will and carry out his instructions. This is important, explicitly and completely. Now, half-hearted, halfway, No, explicitly and completely. You must be determined. You must be determined to obey God. I'm sure many of you are determined when you guys or gals put your mind into something or when you set a goal, a plan, Nothing can stop you. The same way, this is how it should be when it comes to the obedience of God. 
Don't let anything stop you. Be determined. Keep your eyes on the ball. Don't allow anyone or anything to get in the way of that. Even though God had promised the land, these three men from each tribe had to participate in obtaining what God had promised. Surveying the land, it wasn't necessary for God. Again, God already knew what each of them would find, each of those three uh, surveyors would find in advance. Rather, it was necessary for the men so they could see the grace of God with their own eyes and the potential the land held for their dwelling and future development. They were to return to Joshua upon the completion of this assignment. This sending of spies and investigators is a thread running throughout the fabric of fabric of Israel's history. Spies and investigators are sent out not to inform God, but to see, to see with their own eyes what God had already promised. Imagine. Guys, I know God prompted, we saw it with our own eyes and it's so beautiful, so great. When you get there, your mind will be blown. If we had doubts before, oh, not anymore. We, if we thought we were going to get some crappy little land with a bunch of thorn bushes and little sticker plants, bushes, no. Our minds and our eyes were blown away at what we saw. Imagine them saying that to their brothers They reported this to. God had already promised they would inherit a land flowing with milk and honey. Their position was to be that of worshipers who would give praise to God prior to the possession of the land. They were to count those things that aren't, that aren't yet as though they already were. Let me reiterate, let me say that. They were to count those things that are not yet as though they were, as though they already were. This entire process, everything going on here anticipates Acts chapter 6. There, the church was experiencing a conflict. There was a report, a special treatment was given to Hebraic widows over the Greek-speaking widows with regard to the distribution of charitable goods and services. The apostles didn't attempt to manage the crisis unilaterally. Like Joshua, they let the congregation become involved. They admonished the congregation to select seven men who had the essential spiritual characteristics to handle and resolve this conflict. What reason? Why did they do this and didn't do it themselves? So the apostles, 
can keep their focus on prayer and the ministry of the word. These seven tribes are less prominent in the size in size and require less land and t- territory. Unlike the three previous tribes of Judah, Ephraim, and western Manasseh. However, however, these seven tribes, they're just as important as Judah, Ephraim, and Manasseh in the land of Canaan. In the body of Christ, likewise, the church has level ground at the cross. Level ground at the foot of the cross. We're all equally important. So well as verse 11 eventually tells us the first of the seven remaining tribes to receive its land allotment was the tribe of Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin with Judah would compromise, comprise the southern tribes that remained with Yahweh after the north abandoned him. There, the borders of the tribe of Benjamin are identified. Folks, we have an omniscient God, and they knew this. Our omniscient God already knew how much territory the tribe of Benjamin needed before the territory was allotted to them or to him. This brings to mind, and it ought to bring to your mind as well, the great and wonderful New Testament truth in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God will supply all your needs according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He knows how much each and every one of you need to turn your lives over to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He knows how much you need to make disciples and be disciples. The Father knows and has sent His Son into the world to save sinners. Therefore, my friends, therefore, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, don't delay in taking possession of the salvation he offers. Again, it's how to show us. Faith helps us to participate in possessing what God has given. Roberta Martin's gospel song, Even Me, could express the sentiment of six of the six remaining tribes after Benjamin received its land allotment. And now, again, the rest of the tribes are like, oh man, Benjamin got that. Can't wait to see what I'm going to get. 
So now let's read about that again. This is going to be somewhat of a challenging chapter. So again, just stick with me. Read along. Joshua chapter 19. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of his descendants, by their clans, but their inheritance was within the inheritance given to Judah's descendants. Their inheritance including Beersheba, Beersheba Molda, Molada, Hazar, Shual, Bala, Ezem, Eltalad, Bethul, Horma, Ziklag, Beth Markabath, Hazar, Susa, Beth Labaoth, and Sharuhin, 13 cities with their settlements. Ain, Ramon, Ether, and Ashan, four cities with their settlements. And all the settlements surrounding these cities, as far as Balath Beer, Ramah in the south. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Simeon's descendants by their clans. The inheritance of Simeon's descendants was within the territory of Judah's descendants because the share for Judah's descendants was too large. So Simeon's descendants received an inheritance within Judah's portion. The third lot came up for Zebulun's descendants by their clans. The territory of their inheritance stretched as far as Sarid. Their border went up westward toward Marlah, reach the Besheth, and met the brook east of Joknim. From Sarid, it turned due east along the border of Chisaloth, Tabor, went to Daberath, and went up to Japhia. From there, it went due east to Gath-Hefer and to Eth-Kazin. It extended, Rimen, extended to Rimen, curving around Nea. The border then circled around Nea on the north to Hananoth, Hanathon and ended at Ifta El Valley, along with Katha, Nahal, Nahalal, Shimron, Idala, and Bethlehem. And if these names were in Spanish, I probably would do a lot better bit. Um, Twelve cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of Zebulun's descendants by their clans. These cities with their settlements. Fourth lot came out for the tribe of Issachar's descendants by their clans. The territory went to Jezreel and included Chesuloth, Shinum, Hapharim, Shion, Anarath, Rabith, Kishion, Abez, Remeth, and Ganim, and Hada, and Beth Pazez. The border pre reached Tabor, Shah. Hazuma and Beth Shemesh, and ended at the Jordan, 16 cities with their descendants. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Issachar, Issachar's descendants by their clans, the cities with their settlements. The fifth lot came out of the tribe of Asher's descendants by their clans. Their boundary included Helkath, Hali, Beten, Ashashaf, Achshaf, Alamelech, Ahmad, Mishal, and reached westward 
to Carmel and Shehor Limnath. It turned eastward toward Beth Dagon, reached Zebulun and Ephath El Valley, north toward Beth Beth Emek and Yel, and went north to Kabul, Ebron, Rehab, Hammon, and Cana, as far as Greater Sidon. The boundary then turned to Ramah as far as the fortified city of Tyre. It turned back to Hosa and ended at the Mediterranean Sea, including Mahalab, Achseb, Uma, Afek, Rahab, 22 cities with their settlements. This was, this was the inheritance of the tribe of Asher's descendants by their clans, these cities with their settlements. The sixth lot came out for Naphtali's descendants by their clans. Their boundary went from Halef and from the Oak and Zananim, including Adam, Adami, Akeb, and Jabneel, as far as Lakum, and ended at the Jordan. To the west, the boundary turned to Asnoth, Tabor, and went from there to Hukuk. Hukuk, reaching Zebulun on the south, Asher on the west, and Judah at the Jordan on the east. The fortified cities were Zedim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Shinareth, Adamah, Ramah, Hazor, Kadesh, Edri, and Hazor, Iron, Migdal, El Horam, Beth. Anath and Beth Shemesh, 19 cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Thali's descendants by their clans, the cities with their settlements. Almost done, church. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of Dan's descendants by their clans. The territory, the territory of their inheritance included Zora, Eshtaol, Yir Shemesh, Shalabin, Ijalon, Ithala, Elon, Tima, Ekron, Elteka, Gibbethon, Balath, Jehud, Benebrak, Gathrimon, Medjarkon, and Rakan, with the territory facing Joppa. When the territory of the descendants of Dan slipped out of their control, they went up and fought against Leshem, captured it, and struck it down with the sword. So they took possession of it, lived there, and remained and renamed Leshem after their ancestor Dan. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Dan's descendants by their clans. These cities with their settlements. When they had finished distributing distributing the land into its territories, the Israelites gave Joshua son of Nun, an inheritance among them by the Lord's command. They gave him the city Timnath Sarah in the hill country of Ephraim, which he requested. He built a city and lived in it. These were the portions that the priest, Eliezer, Joshua, son of Nun, and the family heads distributed to the Israelite tribes by lot at Shiloh, in the Lord's presence at the entrance to the tent, to the tent of the meeting, so they finished dividing up. 
the land. That's today's message. Have a great day. Man, that was rough. But praise God again. Gotta love God's word. All right. The next tribe mentioned is Simeon's inheritance. It will be located within the territorial realm of Judah. Realm of Judah. Judah, as we read, had more land than it needed. And being unselfish, it was willing to share with Simeon. Here's a little backstory on Simeon, though. He had a violent past. So if you... Well, maybe some of you understand this, and you had a violent past as well. He and his brother Levi almost completely eliminated the family of Hamor because Shechem, the son of Hamor, raped Dinah, the sister of Simeon and Levi. This made Jacob and his sons odious to the surrounding nations. However, by God's grace, Simeon still receives a land allotment. Folks, so to show you that grace is giving us, is giving you what you don't deserve. And mercy is withholding you from what you do deserve. Is withholding from you what you do deserve. So let me, again, clarify that in case it didn't make sense. Grace is giving you what you don't deserve. And mercy is withholding from you what you do deserve. Simeon here is a representative of all humanity. All humanity. Every person, every single person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet, Isaiah says, says this in chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. And so Simeon needed to learn from the benevolent and benevolent and magnanimous act of Judah, who was willing to give a portion of his own land to the undeserving tribe of Simeon. This is the picture that ought to reside within the life of the church and its community. Freely we have received, and freely. We must give church. The spirits of greed, selfishness, and covetousness must not be a mark of this church. It must not be what this church is known for. As Christians, as believers, we must remember that we are stewards or trustees of the manifold grace of God. We own nothing. We don't even own ourselves. Paul tells us we are not our own, but we are bought with a price. Therefore, we should glorify God with our spirits and 
our bodies, which are God's. No matter what the world tells you, regardless of what, your body isn't your own. Your body belongs to God. And if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you know from what it says in the New Testament, you are a temple. You're a temple of God. Take care of that temple. You're a steward. He's entrusted you to take care of it. But again, we are stewards of the manifold grace of God. Christ is the ultimate example of the spirit of Judah. He came from Judah, in fact. He was born in Bethlehem within the territory of Judah. Christ not only gave up something, Christ not only gave up something in order to supply our needs, he gave up everything. He gave up everything, my friends. In fact, he gave himself. He gave all of himself. If you want, are looking at Jesus as your example, you want to be more and more like Jesus, look at what he did. Let him be that example. If he gave himself up, supply our needs, you should be willing to do the same for those outside this church. It's easy to give of yourself for those inside, but what about those outside? That's what Jesus did for you. You who are outside, you who are terrible sinners, gave himself for you. So the borders of the tribe of Simeon are recording the book of the survey of the land of Canaan. The third of these seven remaining tribes to receive its land inheritance is Zebulun. It's a small tribe, yet significant enough in God's preview to be mentioned. While not as prominent as the tribes of Judah, Ephraim, and Manasseh, it is significant again to be mentioned here in the word of God. Within the economy of God, there is no such thing as personal obscurity. There is no such thing. He knows each and every one of you, no matter how small you think you are. Reminds me of something I was mentioning to my wife the other day, and many times I just feel very little. And I remember, I have to remember, that's not how God sees me. He sees me as important, and he sees all of you as important and valuable. God sees all his creation and loves his creation human, animal, and nature. And so the borders of the tribe of Zebulun are recording the book of the survey in the land of Canaan. The fourth of these seven remaining tribes to receive its land inheritance is Issachar. 
Issachar, older than Zebulun, is thus another tribe that receives allotment out of the outside the usual inheritance order. The boards of the tribe of Issachar recorded again in the book of the land of Canaan, there in verses 18 through 22. The fifth of these remaining tribes received its land inheritance is Asher. Asher's farmland inheritance matches his blessing in Genesis chapter 49, verse 20. And there it says, Asher's food will be rich. The borders of the land, the borders of the tribe of Asher, again, are recorded there, verse 25 to 30. The sixth of these seven remaining tribes received as inheritance is Naphtali. And those borders are recorded in verses 33 to 38. This passage we just read shows us that lack of faith, lack of faith makes us want more or strive for less than what God has promised. Seventh and final of these remaining tribes to receive its inheritance is Dan. But the warriors of Dan failed to conquer the land assigned to them. It slipped out of their control. Therefore, they later went north, fought the inhabitants of Leshem, took possession of that territory, and set up residence in it. And then, as it says there, they changed the name from Leshem to Dan. Finally, all the tribes had their land inheritance. The two tribes of Reuben and Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh would live on the east side of the Jordan River. The nine and a half tribes of Judah, Ephraim, western Manasseh, Benjamin, Simeon, Zebulun, Issachar, Asher, Naphtali, and Dan would all live west on the west side. West side of the Jordan River. Sorry. There was one thing lacking before the curtain could be dropped on the distribution of the land to the proper recipients. The leader, Joshua, who had supervised this entire thing, but served as the overseer of this entire distribution process, he hadn't yet received his land inheritance. The one leader, the one who is leader and gives the first of the plots to Caleb and then distributes the plot to the remaining nine and a half tribes is willing to receive his own inheritance last. What a mark of a great leader. Now, if you come from a deep-rooted Mexican background, or even some maybe black families back, black, you know, from yesteryear, it wasn't uncommon for their mother, the woman, the mother, to cook the food, set the table, and then serve her husband the food, as well as the small children 
before she would eat. Like Joshua, she led by example. And so Joshua is anticipating the principle of Jesus as it relates to leadership. In Mark chapter 9, verse 35, our Lord Jesus said this, If anybody wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. If anybody wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. Those are the words of Jesus. And it goes against everything this world says. This world says you got to step as many pe- step on as many people as you can to get to the top of the ladder. You got to throw people under the bus. You got to kick people to the curve, curb. You got to be number one. No one's looking out for you. But Jesus didn't say that. If you want to be first, you must be last and servant of all. Is that what you are as a believer? Is that your attitude? Joshua isn't operating on entitlement like the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. He is recognizing leadership is a privilege and not a license for dictatorship. If you've ever been to a church where it's been like that, where the leader, the pastor, has been that dictator, dictator, and he's exercised all kinds of authority and makes himself out to be the most important person in the church, wants to be better dressed than everyone sitting there, wants to have the most expensive car than everybody there, wants to have the most expensive watch than everybody there. Something wrong with his view on what leadership is and what being a servant is. I'm sorry if you've been hurt by a church like that, by a leader like that. Pray and I hope, and this is why I need your prayers too, that I will continue to have a humble heart. That I will always put you, all of you, more or ahead of me, more important than me. I'll make you feel more important than me because you are. I don't want to feel entitled or operate on entitlement. I don't own anything. Jesus owns me. So in our text, we finally have some exciting and engaging activity after a seemingly unending list of borders and boundaries for the nine and a half tribes. This is what I was excited about. Just if I can get past this, great. I just want to hear, you know, get into this exciting part. Joshua's land was the ter- territory of Timnah, Sarah, within the vicinity of his own tribe, Ephraim. Joshua received what was the will of God. Again, verse 50 says, By the Lord's command, they gave him the city of Timnah Sarah in the hill country of Ephraim, which he requested. He rebuilt the city 
and lived in it. However, Joshua would go beyond merely receiving Timnah Sarah. He improved it by building up that territory. How appropriate it is to have two faithful spies bookend these land allotments. Caleb, Joshua. In the land they spied out as young men, they start and finish the land distributions as older statesmen, wise and discerning. So now the Israel Real Estate Committee can now be disbanded. It is now disbanded, disbanded because all assignments have been given. It's been completed. And the information has been entered into the survey book, the historical archives of Israel. So now there is rest from war. And now those two and a half tribes can go back to their families. Let me close up with this main lesson here. Church, the Father, God has sent his Son into the world to save sinners. Therefore, therefore, we must not delay in taking possession of the salvation he offers. Don't delay, my brothers and sisters. Do it. Take it. Live it. Live out those promises. Take the land. Don't delay. The greater Joshua finished his work, ascended to heaven, and right now at this very moment sits at the right hand of the throne of his father. There he lives to ever intercede for me and for you. And one day he will come back you expecting that return? I am. Not in fear, but in joyful expectation that, Lord, wow. Awesome. You came for us. You came for me. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. but he can save you and he wants to save you. That's why he died on the cross. And so if you're ready, if you admit, are ready to admit you're a sinner and you're ready to want to be forgiven of all your sins, if you finally reach that point, that place where you're like, I'm done. I, I reached the end of my rope. I reached the bottom of the barrel. There's nowhere else. I need to go any further down. I need to be saved, then you will be. If you just make Jesus your Lord and Savior. So if you're ready to be forgiven of your sins and be born again, have a new life. As a child of God, 
I want you to close your eyes and bow your head wherever you're at. Don't worry about that person, that boyfriend, that girlfriend that, you know, that's going to get mad or upset because you're no, a Christian. No, don't worry about them. This is about you and Jesus. Find a better person for you. If you're ready again to receive Jesus, pray this with all your heart. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I truly believe now that you died for my sins and three days later rose from the dead. Turn away from them now. I turn away from my sins. I repent. Confess you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. So now, Lord, sweet Savior, fill me with the Holy Spirit so that he may help guide me in my new born-again life. In your name, amen. Please reach out to us if you pray that. We want to help you on your next steps. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Hope you have a great week. Be a blessing to others. Love you. Goodbye. Thank you so much for visiting us here at Fresh Vision Calvary Chapel. We hope you were blessed by Pastor Angel's message. For more information about Fresh Vision Calvary Chapel, such as our service time or how to get connected, please visit our website at fvccelp.com. If the Lord is leading you to give to the ministry of Fresh Vision Calvary Chapel, there's a PayPal link in the video description below. Once again, thank you so much for visiting us here at Fresh Vision Calvary Chapel. We hope to see you again soon.